Welcome to another inspiring message from Pastor David Hall, Senior Pastor of LifePoint Church. For more information, visit our website on www.davidhall.com.au. Are you happy this morning? Do you love Acts chapter 19? This is one of my favourite passages in the Word of God, and, and I believe God's going to speak to us this morning. And uh, so let's have a look here. Acts 19 verse 1, And it happened. While Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Somebody say disciples. Now, it's important you know the disciples. They're disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. They were saved. Uh, You need to know that this morning. They were saved. And he said to them, uh, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And verse 6, I love this. And when Paul laid hands on them. Don't you, don't you love a bit of laying on of hands and a bit of impartation of the power of God? Does anyone believe in the Holy Ghost this morning? He says, oh, Jesus, help us. We're going to have a good morning. I feel it in my bones. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. Not inside of them. But upon them, see, they were saved. So they didn't need the Holy Spirit within them. But because they were born again, they needed a second experience called the baptism with the Holy Ghost. And they needed the Holy Ghost upon them. The Holy Spirit is in you for you, for your eternity, to get to heaven, to live a sanctified life. The Holy Spirit comes upon you for the world around and about you. See, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is about being anointed to serve God and do what God's called us to do. I'm not even preaching on the baptism in the Spirit. I just think you can't ignore uh, it when it's here. And, and said so beautifully by, by Luke here in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. They spoke with tongues and they prophesied. I just want to set this up for, for a minute and, and, uh, and I really believe that God's got a word for us. But he asked him a question. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Uh, he, if you shorten that question, he says, did you receive when you believed? And it's important that we understand that there are things that come uh, not just believing in uh, God, that God is able, but believing for and, and trusting and laying hold of and, and saying, God, I, I want to receive those things that you have for me. And, and the difference between believing and receiving is a, is a posture. It's an attitude. It's a, it's a, it's a gift from God. It's a, it's a thing called faith. And faith is the, is the difference maker. When we have faith, we possess the promises of God. When we have faith, we walk in the supernatural. When we have faith, see, faith is the, and I don't want to be corny, but faith is the funnel that that the power of God flows through. When we receive from heaven by faith, supernatural things, faith is the conduit to receive from God. This is an illustration that I have preached my entire preaching life. Uh, when When I preach at youth camps or to young people, I talk about this, but if I was to, if I was to take a lamp and just place it on this table, put it right there and, and plug it into the wall. Uh, I could stand around that lamp and I could pray in tongues. I could pray in English. I could pray in, I could pray in Chinese. I could pray in, in Polish with Pastor George and uh, a bit of Ukrainian. I can put that lamp in and 
I could get Benny Hinn to throw his coat on that lamp. We could get, we could get Pastor George, Pastor Sophie. We could anoint the thing with oil. We could do every spiritual thing. That thing is not going to work uh, by any other means than plugging it in and then flicking the switch. And you've got to understand that, that uh, faith flicks the switch. It, it places a demand on the power that's going to it. I'm not an electrician, but what I do know is that when you plug uh, something into the socket, uh, it, it somehow, and I don't know how this works, but somehow it knows what it needs and it draws what it needs. It places a demand on the power coming to it. But if we don't flick that little switch called faith and, and realize that there, there is an attitude, there's a spirit, there's a, there, there, there's a spiritual posture that attracts the abundance of God. If we don't flick that switch called faith, then there's a lot that God has for us that we don't walk in. Now, faith is not uh, exclusively powerful in and of itself. Faith is most powerful when it's in the right thing. And, and maybe things, not the word. Our faith must be uh, placed in, in nothing other than Christ and Him crucified, in who Jesus is and what He's done. And when our faith is anchored in who Jesus is, then everything that Jesus made possible on Calvary becomes available to us because we have placed our faith in Christ. Are you with me this morning? And so faith is a powerful thing because. Because often we think faith is a confession. It can be. Uh, it can be actioned in confession by declaring the word of the Lord. I think when we start uh, speaking on confession as though we can just confess anything, uh, you know, by this afternoon I'm going to drive a Rolls Royce, that, that, that just becomes weird hyper faith that doesn't actually do anything. But when we confess God's word, when we speak what God's given to us by his spirit, uh, there is an anointing that comes upon it. Faith comes by what? By hearing. Hearing by the word of God. There is something about the word of God being spoken into an atmosphere that will build faith on the inside of your heart. And these guys love Jesus up in Ephesus and they're saying that they've given their hearts to Christ. That they were born again. One of the people in that story is believed to be a young man by the name of Timothy. And, uh, and so they're gathered there in, in, in Ephesus and Paul comes along and finding some disciples, he says to them, did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believed? In other words, did you receive all that God's got for you when you started to believe in Him? See, often we believe in God, but we don't believe four things. We believe God can heal, but we don't believe He will heal. We believe God can answer prayer, but we don't believe He does answer prayer or will answer prayer. We believe that God ha could have a plan for us, but does He actually have a plan for us? I'm not sure. We have to look at God through the lens of faith that believes not only did He save us, but every subsequent blessing is ours. I sang this song in church a few weeks ago, uh, the, uh, uh, or at least... I probably saying it. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. All the blessings of His love divine. Every promise in the book is mine. This book is loaded with the promises of God. And the author himself says that His promises are yes and they are amen. They are, they are done and they are done. They are yes, amen. What does it mean? It means let it be done. So be it. Truth. They are yes and they are truth. They are yes and they can be done. They are yes and they're for us. The promises of God are for you. And there's a, a lot of Christians that love Jesus. But that's as far as they go because they're not possessing the promises of God, which are healing, which are blessing, which are provision, which are answered prayer, which are dreams coming alive. Some of you are a bit quiet this morning, but do you believe what I'm telling you today? God, God, doesn't, God doesn't just want you to live in hell on the way to heaven. He wants to bring heaven into your world today. And I, want, I, want to, I want a taste of heaven on my way to heaven. I want to experience the goodness of God. Jesus said, when you pray, he said, pray, your kingdom come. 
Your will be done. You say, Dave, why are you getting so pumped? I I don't really know, to be honest. But I just am. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And we, as the people of God, need to understand the power of being people of faith. Can I tell you, I I, I don't want us to just be Christians who love Jesus. We've got a WWJD band and and it's all good. I, I want us to be believing, man, that God's got something so good for us. For this nation, for the glory of God. Man, I, I'm believing God that this church is, is going to struggle to contain what God wants to do. I, I, I'm believing that this building's not big enough for what God wants to do. I believe it's a temporary solution to a long-term thing that God's always had destined for this house. And, and I, I'm believing God that the back wall's going to go. You say, hey, are you believing in it? I believe we could do it, but I believe we will do it. Uh, I don't just believe it's possible. I believe it's done. I'm already preaching to the mother's room back there. And uh, they're still all talking. They usually do it in there. Now they're all talking in there. I look over and they're having a good time. They're preaching their own sermons in there. But I, I'm looking forward. I'm, I'm already tasting the latte in the cafe back there. It's going to be so good. And we're even going to put a little whiskey in it just to keep you coming back, you know, to Live Point Church. Bless Jesus. And everyone said, you heathens, you heathens. I'm believing God that this building's going to struggle to contain what God wants to. I'm believing God that the neighbors are going to come under an anointing and say, David, we want to give you the house. I don't know. I'm sure we'll take it. Bless us. I don't know, but I am believing. I don't for one minute think, man, oh, could we? Could... We've got to get outside of the realm of could we. That's just, that's just hope. That's just, that's just pie in the sky. We've got to get to a place where by faith we believe the convictions of God in the inside of our spirit and say, God, all things are possible to those who believe. Man, faith. Somebody say faith. You look full of faith. Can I tell you, when there's an atmosphere of faith, anything can happen. When there's an atmosphere of faith, God can do supernatural things. There is a massive difference between believing and receiving, and it's called faith. And we have to learn to flick that switch. I've been pastoring a long time, and I watch people come into church. You know, they walk through the doors, and they'll sit down, and just get comfortable to talk to four or five people on their way in. And, and you know, we sing a few more worship songs. And, and you can tell, you, you can tell that people have sort of come in, they've sat in their seats, they've plugged in, they've sung a few songs, but they haven't yet flicked that switch that says, you know what, I'm not, I'm not just here to just take it in. I'm actually here to receive something from heaven, whether that's di- divine direction, whether that's an answered prayer. You know, I, I read the prayer requests and I, I can tell it's the same handwriting on a lot of prayer requests a lot of the time. But you know what? I thank God for the fact that those people come to church and they are placing a demand on the power of God. They want something from heaven. They're believing God for something. They're bringing a need to the people of God. I pray that they get everything that their faith uh, is believing God for. And I pray that as a church, we would go from not, not just turning up or, or not just doing Christian life throughout our week, but we would go from being people who know God to people who are receiving the blessing of heaven, who are receiving the wonder of Almighty God. If you believe it, can you say amen this morning? I I love the the scripture in Mark 11. Let's have a look at Mark 11 for a second because we're preaching on faith this morning. Mark chapter 11. I want to stir your spirit today. 
I want you to believe God that all things are possible. I heard Tim Story preaching one day and he said this. He said to every person, he said, you've got to shift your dish to the all things are possible network. And I remember thinking, cheesy line, but I'm shifting my dish. I'm, I, I want all things, are po- I want to tap into the frequency of heaven and, uh, and believe that God is going to do something supernatural. Mark 11, and, and I want to have a look at 22. Uh, these, are, these are simple passages. And I preached this passage a few months ago. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, have faith in God. Now turn to the neighbor you rejected just a second ago. Say to them, say, have faith in God. What does he mean? He says, have the God kind of faith. He he says, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, will have whatever he says. You know something, if I just said that and wasn't reading it, you would say, oh, you're just getting carried away. That's hyper faith. That's, you, can't, you can't just say things and, and see them fulfilled. I mean, you can't, you can't do that. God, God's not your, your own little jackpot that you pull the lever and ka-ching. And, and what, can, can I say, thank you, uh, thank you, Doctrine Police. I appreciate your contribution to the World Wide Web. But let me say this. He says, for assuredly, I say, uh, you, who, I say to you, This is Jesus. Whoever says to this mountain, be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart and believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Oh, well, that that means on the inside. No, it doesn't. He's talking about mountains. They're not on the inside. They're on the outside. And then he goes on to say, therefore, whatever things you ask when you pray. Now, let me say, Jesus, Jesus never, ever lived in the land of if you pray. He always said when you pray. He says, whenever you pray, when you pray. This is when he talked about uh, uh, praying the Lord's Prayer. He said, when you pray. So the idea of being a Christian in the eyes of Jesus is we're praying people. Jesus talking about the church. He said, my house will be called a house of prayer. I I, I almost want to reframe that statement and say, this is not just a house of prayer, but this is a house of answer prayer. Uh, Where we pray in faith and believe for the impossible to become possible. But he said, he says this, he said, man, I feel like preaching just a little bit this morning. I'm sorry. I'm excited. I've been up since about three in the morning. My wife woke me up just talking and it's true. Our neighbors were having a Barney and Donna got all scared. So I went over there and I said, excuse me. That's not true. We kept the doors locked and we prayed. Um, I said I would go over knowing full well that Donna wouldn't let me. And she, and she said, I wouldn't let you. But I knew she wouldn't let me. So I was like, I should just go over there. Just so she thought that was heaps tough. And uh, fellas, you might call that deceitful. I call that resourceful. It's called surviving. It's called surviving. I think this sermon's going well. It's going well. And whenever you stand praying, verse 25, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them. Laws that govern faith. Some of us think we can confess our way into everything, but hate sister such and such and brother such and such and We've got to make sure our heart's pure when we come before God. I can't be all like, God, I, I thank you for bl- bringing blessing to my house. And man, I can't stand that Joel Pittman. You can't, you can't, you can't carry on like that. You've got to have pure, purity of heart. Well, if you want to walk in faith, don't let things corrupt your faith. And, and, and he, say, he says this, he says, Forgive them that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. If you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive 
your trespasses. I, I want to live forgiven. I want to walk in the forgiveness of God. So I don't, I don't have time in my, in my life to go hating on people. Uh, and there's always someone. I don't know about you, but there's always, there's always that somebody who when you hear their name, you start manifesting. You've got to get it out of your spirit, you know. Believe me. Jesus says, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. There's a guy in our church, and some of the family still part of the church, not here today. And, and uh, remember, I, I had the, the honor, the sad honor, but the honor of uh, going into the hospital just as my, my friend's dad was about to be with the Lord. He had had, he had quite an aggressive lung cancer, and, and, and unfortunately, we prayed, we believed, and, and he did get saved while sick, but never quite got his earthly miracle, but, but he definitely... Uh, definitely is walking the streets of gold all of that and i remember going into the hospital and and as as uh, as difficult as this is to say it as difficult as it is for maybe some of you because it might just pinch a nerve and i i just encourage you to see see i guess my bigger thought this morning but i remember going in the room and and uh and he he had lung cancer and and they said you know it's just a, it's just a matter of hours and i remember going in the room and i remember thinking and don't don't get me wrong I, I thought this with every bit of sincerity in my heart but what amazed me is i'm looking at this man and and he's, he's lying in the bed and there was about 10 of us in the room at the time and praying and believing god all of those things but what what stood out to me more than anything is uh everything he needed to live was actually in that room but the sickness had affected his ability to draw into him what he needed to live oxygen he lost the ability to breathe in he lost the ability to pull into his body what he needed ah and often as christians we're 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 always looking for this uh the external to change so that we'll be okay but everything we need is in the atmosphere uh and everything we need god supplied maybe the issue is our capacity to draw it in whether that's unforgiveness when it comes to our faith or whether it's not uh, living God principles and, and, uh, and whether it's not maybe being generous or, or I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, you, you all know my heart, I don't preach any kind of condemnation to people who are not giving on a Sunday. I think you should and I think it'll bless you. I think it'll help you. Uh, I think it'll bring stuff into your world. But man, when I see pastors get up and pronounce a curse over people for not tithing, I'd like to have a chat with those pastors and, uh, and say to them, you very silly people, uh, bringing people under a curse that Jesus died to get us out from under. And so I don't tithe because I'm worried about a curse. Uh, Bible says, curse is any man who hangs on a tree. I tithe because I'm in relationship with him and I want to see the church of God go forward and I want to bring, see blessing in my life. But I do believe that faith possesses everything that God has for us. And we may have to realize that it's not God's provision and blessing that's lacking. It's our ability to receive that and, and bring it into our life and call it in and receive it by faith. I, I believe that God's got good things for all of us. He says every good and perfect gift comes from above, a sign of the Father's love. Maybe you're in this room right now and, and you believe in God for things. Maybe uh, just shift your confession, shift your, your posture. And instead of uh, sitting in church going, God, uh, why, why have they got that? Da, 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 why is this? Just start saying, Father, I trust you. Uh, I hold you at your word. Lord God, you said that you are El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough, not El Cheaper. 
Poe uh, or El Stinjo. He's not El Povo. He's El Shaddai. He's the guy that's funnier than you're giggling at. Some of you think he is El Povo. No, he's El Awesome. He's El Shaddai. He's supernatural. He'll bless and he'll prosper. He said, David says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Neither their children begging bread. You know, some of you are all alive right now. Do you realize so far, so good for you? Like you're doing well. Do I have anyone in the room uh, over the age of 50? Give me a wave if you're over the age of 50. What about over the age of 60? Do we have anyone north of 60? What about anyone over the age of 70? Do we have... Have we got anyone that's crossed over into the big eight zero? Give me a wave. No. Why? Are you for real? Man, that Botox was a very wise investment. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> 81. And you've gotten better looking, Esther. I'm telling you. I mean, when I first met you, Keith, and Wendy were pastoring, you were looking good. But since Donna and I have come, it's just refreshed. Lord, help me, Jesus, please. <laughs> I've been so excited about preaching back at church. I've, I've been pumped. I'm a bit naughty. I apologize to the visitors. Usually we've got it all together and everything's going good. We'll, don't worry. Next week, condemnation, judgment, we'll bring it all back. It's happening. Don't worry about that. We'll get back to that. I apologize that this is not a depressed church. I'm sorry that there's joy. I'm sorry that we're happy, but... Oh, it's just how heaven's going to be, you know. I think some people, they, they walk into church like this going, what have I struck? Let me get used to it now. Your first 10,000 years in heaven will be miserable. You just go, heaven's Pentecostal. Trust me, the census will prove it. I've got, I've got my own category. <laughs> Lord, Father, pray for me, Donna. Oh, Lord, gee, Father, would you help this poor preacher? Don't worry, I'm halfway through. It's just come out different. There are blessings in every room. There's blessings in the atmosphere that we as the children of God can walk in and receive and and take by faith. Faith is this elusive, mysterious thing. But faith has been given to every one of you. Uh, Every person in this room has been given a morsel or a measure of faith. And, And maybe you have not been given the gift of faith. I've met people with the gift of faith uh, they live on a whole different level of believing. They're, it's terrifying, uh, but, but, but it's good terrifying. I, I was in a car, and I don't know if this story is going to be too much for people, but a friend of mine, uh, he decided he wanted to hire Madison Square Garden for a six-week soul-winning crusade, uh, about $400,000 a night. This is in 1999. God spoke to him. So he said, I'm hiring Madison Square Garden. Uh, this guy's preached for us. His name's Rodney Howard Brown. So this guy hires... Madison Square Garden, six weeks, $400,000 a night. I mean, that's, that's a fairly expensive event. Uh, and, uh, and so anyway, supernaturally, the money just came in. Business people, 49,000 decisions for Christ. But I remember it was the second last week, and, and uh, it, was, it was awesome. Dad got to speak one of the nights, which he would look back and say that was one of the highlights of his life, preaching to Madison Square Garden. I guess if you, if you know your venues, that's a pretty good opportunity. So my dad... Uh, and Rodney are in the car the next day. We went back to Tampa, Florida. Dad's preaching the church. I was just maybe 18 at the time, and Rodney's in the car, and he, he just gets a phone call from his office. And he says to my dad, he says, Tim, oh, I need half a million dollars by lunchtime, or we're in trouble. We need half a million by lunchtime. 
And so I remember Rodney hangs up the phone. If that had been me, I would have been going, we're, we're toast. It's, oh, I'm selling the church. I'm selling it to the neighbors. They, they, they seem to like the area. So <laughs> he, said, he says, uh, he said, that would have been what I did, but that's not what he did. He says, let's, let's pray. Let's pray. He grabs dad's hand and, he, and I'm in the back. And he goes like this, this is how he prays. He says, Father, in the name of Jesus, he says, I'm a tither, I'm a giver, I trust you, I'm following your word. And God, in the name of Jesus, he says, I command ravens to bring provision. In other words, what he's saying is unexpected supply. And he says, in the name of Jesus. And then he hangs up, the, he doesn't hang up the phone. He, he said to Tim, he goes, Tim, we're done. Good, it's done. Praise God, let's go have lunch. I was like, how do you know? And I'll tell you how he knew. See, faith doesn't come when it's in your hand. It comes, faith, faith's a persuaded, confident conviction. Faith comes at the moment it's released into the atmosphere. That's when faith, see, we, we've got to stop looking for the end result and realize the miracle's at the point of faith, not at the point of receiving. And so he, said, he says, it's done. And so we just go to lunch. We went to Morton's Steakhouse. I'll never forget. It's the first time I ever had a medium rare steak that was fatter than Praise Jesus. And, and, so, and so we're sitting there. Then we get a phone call. And uh, one of the staff said we went back to the afternoon. Uh, the afternoon, Because in Australia, you just check your PO box once a day. In America, they have two uh, distributions or whatever it is. I'm not a mailman. So he walks in there. You know, his staff walk into the post office, check the post box. And uh, there's a note. Uh, we, we felt God tell us to post this uh, to help you with your, your good news New York crusade. It was a check for $450,000. In, in that, um, how does that happen? Yeah. You start to, see, so I, I start talking about some of these things and some of us, we glaze over and go, oh yeah, well that's just, that's eerie fear. That's beyond what I can believe. But can I tell you, right now I'm believing God. I need half a million bucks. I need half a million dollars to knock that back wall out. And, uh, and, uh, but it's okay, the Lord told me you have it all. So just on September 11, if you could just... <clears throat> that would be good. And then, then it's sorted. And then it's easy, uh, painless. So, but here's the deal. I, I tell you, when it comes to things that we're believing God for, we need to start talking to God and saying, God, we trust you. God, you're able. I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I believe in prosperity because even the Bible says God delights in the prosperity of his servant. I, I passionately believe that God wants us blessed, but that doesn't always look materialistic. It's blessed coming in. It's blessed going out. He's a God of blessing. He blesses. He favors. He, he, he wants to pour out his blessing. And, and we access that by faith. And you know the funny thing? All the haters of this stuff, It'll go, oh, David, that's not quite right. I let them just live in their place of hate and non-blessing because I'm too busy living in the blessing of God and seeing the favor of God, goodness and mercy overtaking my life. I tell you, a couple of years ago, I remember God spoke to me and said, you need a dream again. And I said, why is that? And he said, because every dream you had as a kid, you've, you've seen them fulfilled. And they weren't big dreams. I'm not being arrogant, but God said, you've got you to lift your faith and believe God. I remember when I was a kid, I was a bit of a screwed up kid. And uh, But if you've met uh, either of my parents, parents, one of which is here, you would definitely not blame the one that's here. Uh, you, you, would, you would definitely probably lean towards being the father and the stepmother uh, that I was brought up with, who I love. I love them both. They're fantastic. They bought me for my sixth birthday. Ian Zerner had a church down at Gawler, and, and he had an overhead projector that they weren't using anymore. So dad decides, I'm going to buy for 100 bucks off Ian Zerner, which is a lot of money in 87. Ian could have been a little more generous, but I guess that's why they got nice buildings. So he said... He says to dad, you can have the overhead for a hundred bucks. So dad buys me the overhead projector. Now we all know where this is still going. And Bill and Jan George, you better, you better keep that grin on your face because their sons came over to my house while I was at school up at what was Teacher Gully Christian School, now King's Baptist Grammar School. They play with it. Now I just want you to know it was your children. 
It was not me. And you know that's true because you know that's true. Paul Vinton's involved. In fact, this is a get-together. So their boys played with the overhead and they left it on. They let, see, I used to line up the teddies, leave them in singing, you know. Here's the line of the tribe of Judah, Jesus. Lay hands on them, boom, they'd fall out under the power of God. Baptize them in water. They'd come up, they stink terribly. Uh, but this is my childhood. And, and so their boys left the projector on to which the house caught fire. Paul was working for Tim Hall Ministries. And those are, he comes and sees the whole, the whole left side of the house on fire. He has to call the fire brigade. And I remember getting picked up from school. Bill George, for some reason, picked me up from school. I don't know why the pageantry. I think it was guilt on your part for what your sons did. But he sat me down going, I'll never forget it. He goes, something terrible has happened. And I thought he was about to tell me that my parents had died or something. Something terrible has happened. I said, what's that? He said, uh, your overhead projector caught fire and uh, you don't have it anymore. And uh, they never offered to replace it, by the way. <laughs> Which I think is, is an important thing to note. It's not too late. Um, <laughs> our banking details are on the website. So, but I remember I was raised with this passion for God's house, you know, and I remember one day we were in Bendigo at this church. And, and it was just, it wasn't a large church. It was a great church, probably a room like this. I remember as a kid one day, I remember going up on the platform and they left the microphone on the platform. So I thought, I'm going to get up and just pretend preach for a little while. So I gave a message on why these people reek of the stench of sin and they're sinners in the hands of an angry God. I mean, I preached, I gave it everything. No one was there, but I, I remember preaching there as a kid. And then about 10 years later, I was actually preaching in the church for real. And I remember in the middle of my message, I'm just walking preaching. And suddenly it just dawned on me. And God began to sleep my heart and said, when you were a kid, you used to believe God for something like this to happen. You're walking in the very thing you started to believe God for. And it wasn't a big thing. It wasn't a significant thing, but it was to me. Because as a kid, I said, God, I want you to use my life. God, would you use me to preach the gospel? And then one day, I remember just being there and God goes, Tick, dream fulfilled. And can I tell you, I'm believing that some of you, your, your dreams have flatlined, your hopes have flatlined. I want, I want to encourage you to shift your place, your, your spiritual life back to a place of faith and believe that God is who he says he is and that he wants to bless and he wants to favor in the name of Jesus. And, and maybe write to Bill George about replacing the overhead projector that his sons took from me, which actually took a bit of my childhood. The book of Mark. Again, talking about faith, he says, you need to expect while you believe. Expect that God will do it. Donna shared that about James. It's just an expectation that he's going to get a lollipop. I asked for a lollipop. Donna says, no, you're too fat. So I, I say, well, fine. And I go for a drive and buy my own lollipop. But that's not really relevant right now. What's relevant right now is that when we believe that God has spoken something, declared something, and promised something, you can go to the bank knowing that God is who He said He is. And He wants to supply. He wants to bless. Come on, if you believe it, give the Lord a hand or something. He loves you. I love my kids so much that I look for ways to bless them. I buy them all kinds of stupidity and, and bless them. I got home from the States on Thursday and 
And uh, because I cut the trip short, usually I like to shop on the last day and get a few goodies because America's cheap. So Brad Griffin picked me up from the airport and uh, I said, Brad, we might need to stop at Toys R Us. I bought Bing and Flop's house for him. And so Bing and Flop, I know none of you watch that stuff. You've been delivered, but not us. Not us, no. Uh, we're, we're in purgatory. People say purgatory is not real. I'm tell- it sure is real. It's called ABC Kids. And so we're watching... We're, but he loves Bing and Flop, and, and so I buy him a gift, and then I bought, bought him some Play-Doh, and, and uh, got him stuff, why? Because I want to give it to him, and, and also a bit of guilt for being away, but, but I want to I wanna give him, how much more, see, see, when you view God as your heavenly father, and not just some creepy old guy that doesn't love you, that wants to judge you, that wants to just pour wrath upon you, can I tell you, the God I know, he loves me, he he looks for ways to bless. And, and do you know something? When I gave my kid his gift, he had the ability to just go. <laughs> Can I tell you, sometimes we don't have the ability to receive and then we judge the giver. But the giver's always given. He's always blessing. We just have to set ourselves up to be people who know how to receive what God has for us in our life in the name of Jesus. Can I show you one scripture and then, then I'll close this message. Verse 1 of Mark 6. Then he went out there uh, from there and came to his own country and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue and many hearing him were astounded saying, where did this man get these things? As in the wisdom, the anointing, the power. And what wisdom is this which is given to him? That such mighty works or miracles are performed by his hands. And then they start getting a bit nasty. They say, Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they got offended because the answer to what they were believing for wasn't packaged the way that they thought it should be. They didn't like the fact that it was their friend, the carpenter, who suddenly gets catapulted into being Messiah. He always was, but in their perception. And then he says, they were offended with him. Jesus said to them, prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives and in his own house. Some of you are living in such a familiar situation. You don't see the miraculous in your life anymore. You don't see that miracles are around and about you. You've just got, you've just got buried in the fact that you're just hanging with your people. You're just living in your world. And you don't see your church. You no longer see this as a life-giving place of power and blessing. you now at a place where you just think, oh, it's just church, it's just the carpenter, it's just... And you don't realize that sometimes when we make familiar that which is supernatural, there's so much that we can actually lose from heaven. A church is a life-giving place. Maybe you've closed your heart to church because you got hurt in church. You haven't lived until you've been hurt in church. I mean, until you've been... How many have ever been hurt in church? I know none of you have been hurt in this one. We don't hurt. We're heaps nice. But the other ones. Now, I've been hurt in church. I haven't stopped loving church. I love it. I love coming in here. I love the atmosphere. I love worship. I love being able to stand with people I love and people who I'm serving Jesus with and partaking of communion and, and coming together in the presence of God. I, lo- I love what God's doing. But do you know why I love it more than anything? Because I believe that God has something for us in this place. And so I want to go on. I'm nearly done. Uh, maybe if Samunga, if you can come, that would be awesome. He, said, he says, prophets without honor 
is not without honor, sorry, except in his own country, in his own rel- with his own relatives, in his own house. Verse 5, listen to this. I want you to listen to the word of the Lord. This is not my commentary. This is the Bible. It says, now he could do no mighty work there. Another translation. No mighty miracles there, except he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. Can I say that's about as good as it gets in church now? That's about as good as it gets. You see a few people here. You see a few sick people here. You know? And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. I, I think we're in danger of living in that same exact space. And it's not that God was angry one day going, they're offended. Well, I'm offended. So no miracles. I'll heal headaches, broken leg. No, you hobble. That's not what he did. His power was there. But the capacity to receive was lost because of unbelief. Belief takes something from heaven. Belief draws something from God. Just trusting him. And you know, there's people in here maybe that live on the more cynical edge of, of the spectrum. And I understand that, especially those that have been in church your whole life. Man, it's so easy. I can get in that space. But can I ask you, by all means, you can be a bit cynical about church or life or whatever. That's up to you. But never let your cynicism creep into your relationship with him. Never, never be cynical towards God. He, he says, have a childlike faith, not a childish faith. faith. I often think cynicism and, and, and being a know-it-all when it comes to things that God is actually childish. We, we, we package it like we've arrived, but I know nothing compared to him. What do I know? What do I know compared to God who's omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent? Omnipotent again. <laughs> He's all of those things. So I just want to be the guy in church going, God, I just think you can do anything. You're amazing. I trust in you. I trust you for my family. I, I trust you for my home. I trust you for the church that you've somehow trusted me to be the pastor of. I'm thankful. And God, I pray that everything that you've promised us, Come into this place. You know how you got saved? You just simply accepted what had already been done. You said yes. It wasn't that hard. You didn't have to save yourself. He saved you. All you did, right believing. You're right believing. I don't know about you. I preached myself happy this morning because I've I got things we're believing for. But I'm believing God for stuff. Not only are we believing God... For our house. At the same time, we believe in God to do something here in the church. And, and I feel like on both fronts, I'm going to have fights and believe God. But do you know something? I've got to, I've got to trust Him. I've got to hold on to Him. And, and it may not be a house. It may be a family member away from God. I've got plenty of those. Uh, I, need, I need salvation in my family. Uh, you need salvation in your family. Maybe you've been living with the same back pain for the last 10 years and, and, and somehow you just sort of went, okay, that's, it is what it is. Can I say, no, sh- shift, shift your faith. Flick the switch. Uh, believe God and say, you know, some 10 years is 10 years too long in the name of Jesus and begin to declare the promises of God which will come to pass in your life in the name of Jesus. You say, David, you're just, you're just trying to pump me up. Can I tell you, faith will pump you up. Faith is that thing that causes us to laugh at giants. Faith is that thing that causes 
salvation to come and blessing to come. I don't know about you, but in this room today, I'm believing God that there's going to be a shift for people. And for everyone, it's different. I'm believing God for church in Bordertown to just supernaturally grow, supernaturally have fresh favour, a fresh wind of God to blow on that thing, a fresh revival from that part of South Australia. Why not? He's a big God. If Bob Hawke can come out of Bordertown, so can the best church in South Australia in the name of G. I'm believing God for Ridgehaven AOG. We've already grown so much. God's blessed this place so much, but I'm not even close to satisfied with what God's going to do in here. I'm believing the thing's going to grow and be everything God's called us to. Somebody say the Lord is good. Say it again. Say the Lord is good. Say his mercy endures forever. Come on, just where you're sitting, just raise your hands to God if you want to and just tell him you love him. Let the anointing of God just come. Spirit of God, fill this place. Spirit of God, fill this place. Spirit of God, fill this place. The fire of God touch people right now. Blessed, blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed coming in, blessed going out in the name of Jesus, God. Let the favor of God fill this place. Blessed coming in, blessed coming in, blessed coming in, blessed coming in, blessed coming in and going out in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.